From the city of Beaky Blinders, Birmingham, England, I would like to introduce you to Paddy Dandar. As the world becomes more automated and the robots take over, it's imperative that we build the right human skills for the future. So pull up a chair, grab a smoser or two, and make yourself very uncomfortable. Dear friend, it's a very special day today. Not only is it the day after Halloween, it's the birthday of Apple's CEO, Tim Cook. So if you're listening, Tim, many happy returns of the day. But no, that's not what I'm talking about. Today is Global Business Analysis Day. And we'll see thousands of business analysts across the world coming together to celebrate. And I personally have a long connection with this amazing profession. In a previous episode, I shared my journey of going from a professional introvert to a conversational addict. Well, the BA role was pivotal in helping me build the confidence to come out of my shell and helping me harness my human skills. Over the years, I've had the pleasure of meeting amazing people in this profession that have helped inspire me, but also who've given back so much to the community through sharing their knowledge and insights. So I wanted to give back in my own small but important way. And to put it out there, this has been the most challenging episode I've ever put together. I was unhappy to interview just one, two or three guests. I wanted to go big or go home. So in this episode, I've managed to round up 12 of my favorite business analysis thought leaders. And I use the word thought leader in its truest sense. Between them, they probably have more knowledge about business analysis than ChatGPT's grandparents. They are authors, public speakers, educators, coaches, and above all, advocates of business analysis who are passionate about helping others. So in alphabetical order, I am privileged to be joined by Adrian Reed, Angela Wick, Bronya Anderson-Kelly, Christina Lovelock, Fabrizio Laguna, Grant Wright, Jamie Toyne, Jared Gorai, Linda Parker, Nick DeVoyle, Sam Merrick, and last but not least, Vincent Marabelli. So if you're thinking about a career change and curious to know if business analysis is the right career for you, then this episode is a must-listen episode for you. And if you're already a business analyst but want to know how can you take your career to the next level, then I'm confident you'll discover some golden nuggets of wisdom in this episode. But before we dive in to some of my burning questions, I thought I would test out our experts' sense of humour. And this is what they came up with. I'm pretty sure there must be a how many BAs does it take to change a light bulb joke, but I don't know it. Obviously, we'd need to do a requirements analysis to know that. And as you can tell, I'm not really known for my comedy. A good project manager makes updates. A bad project manager makes updates. Yes, it's terrible, I know. Sorry. A BA walks into a bar. 
they spend the next 15 minutes wondering why someone would leave a metal bar in such a stupid place. They then repeat this five times just to make sure they understand the root cause. What do you call a delivery team without a business analyst? My response would be brave. So you can chuckle away at that one if you find it funny. So I thought I would go and have a look at ChatGPT. A business analyst was asked what he does for a living. He replied, I turn confusion into clarity and problems into solutions. The person asked, so you're a magician? The business analyst replies, no, I'm a BA. We don't make things disappear. We just make them visible. Eh, it's okay. Okay. I don't think any stand-up comics need to be worried about their jobs, but one of the key traits of a good business analyst is being able to deal with uncomfortable situations. And possessing a sense of humour also helps to keep the team motivated during the tough times. So thank you experts for stepping up to the challenge and going beyond your comfort zone. On a serious note, I find there's often a misunderstanding about the key responsibilities of a BA and the value that they can bring to a project. So what does a business analyst actually do? I really think it comes down to facilitating the process of problem solving or opportunities, right? So that includes things like making decisions that lead to process changes, system changes, product changes, and all those details we commonly refer to as requirements or discovery work. It's also facilitating the discovery of the impacts of that change. Who is it impacting and what does that mean to them? And what are the impacts to the data, the tech, the people, the process, the policies, the rules? It's quite far reaching, can go in so many directions and so many different contexts. I think if I look at the Babbock guide, you know, it states that business analysis is the practice of enabling change in the enterprise by defining needs and recommending solutions that deliver value to the stakeholders. I think business analysis has always been about understanding the needs of an organization, whether that's at a strategic, operational, or project level, right? Another one I came across is this. A business analyst is a person who processes, interprets, and documents business processes, products, services, and software through the analysis of data. This is okay, but only goes part of the way to describing what we do. What's important, though, are the key responsibilities, and these are wide and varied. For example, at a high level, we define strategy, set goals, develop target operating models, do benefit realisation, and business plans. And as you kind of move down that, that scale from strategy into requirements and design, you're probably hitting the more traditional BA or maybe even service design type roles where you're thinking about meeting those needs, I guess, from a, a stakeholder point of view. And then you end up in that sort of deep solution mode at the other end of the scale, which has kind of got more of a systems focus. I often talk about BAs being the conscience of a project or product to make sure that we're doing things right and doing the right thing. A good metaphor for business analysis is that of a doctor with the patient in our context being the business or the organization or a part of an organization that we're working with to solve their problems. A patient may report symptoms of their problems. They may even tell you what they think the solution is. I think I need to take this medicine. But the good doctor has to validate that. They have to 
probe a little deeper, ask a few questions and confirm what the true needs or problems are that they're trying to solve. I really think a lot of it is about the human side. It's about understanding stakeholders, understanding their perspectives, working with them, often in quite challenging circumstances and utilizing that broad BA toolkit that I'm sure we'll we'll hear more about and come on to talk about it during this podcast. So what I'm hearing is that the BA role is extremely diverse. They get involved in everything from discovery work, facilitating problem solving, working with stakeholders to elicit requirements. They can work at different levels, such as strategy, operational and project level. I also really like the metaphor of viewing the business analyst as a doctor diagnosing business problems and acting as the conscience of a project. Fabrizio, I'm intrigued to find out the history of the BA role and how it's evolved over the years. In the first step of a software development, they have to define the needs of that software. And the definition of those needs is based on the specification of requirements. And they understood that specifying requirements is not an easy task, so they created this discipline called requirements engineering. And requirements engineering had some processes as well and some default techniques you can use to elicitate requirements, to analyze requirements, to specify requirements, to validate, manage requirements. But as you can see, the need of understanding and looking for business has become so much greater than looking for how we develop software that it asked for a new discipline. That's how business analysis was born. And that's the way that business analysis is evolving, trying to bring better business outcomes, trying to understand all stakeholders connected to those business and what do they value and how can we give them the best value that they're looking for. Some people will tell you that business analysis is a new profession that's only emerged in this century. That's not quite the case. I was certainly working with people called business analysts back in the 1980s. And at that time, we also had people called systems analysts. Again, people might tell you these days that a systems analyst is someone who concerns themselves with the technical details of an IT system, but that wasn't necessarily the case back then. A systems analyst was someone who concerned themselves with systems in the broadest sense. But gradually the term business analyst became more and more widely used for those people. And it was given a massive boost in the noughties by two things, really. The establishment of the IIBA and the creation of the BA, the Business Analysis Body of Knowledge, and the creation in the UK of the BCS certifications in business analysis. And I think those two things together have brought about a real consensus on what the business analysis profession is. In the early 2000s, IIBA, of course, came on the scene. The Agile Manifesto came on the scene. I really think it's those early 2000s where we just really seriously start to go, whoa, this is way bigger than a systems analyst or someone analyzing one system. So the complexity keeps snowballing, right? And that just keeps happening more and more. And that's where this field is so amazing and so complex and continues to change. 
is that no longer can we look at it as I'm analyzing a single system or a system integrating with this system. There's just so much to analyze. And that's where nobody today can be a subject matter expert and a business analyst, right? That would be a very difficult role to be in because nobody knows all the information. In the 70s, if you were supporting one system and one user group, you could know it all. You can't, though, today. When we're talking business model changes and constant integrations and automatic updates, artificial intelligence, robotics, and all the capabilities of today, it just makes the idea that we need to have these elicitation and analysis techniques and this problem-solving decision-making mindset and the user mindset so much more important than it has ever been. As Angela mentions, we currently live in a technology-led world. Things are moving at such a rapid pace, and I can understand having someone on the team, such as a business analyst, who keeps up to date on new developments to ensure that we've considered their impacts to inform our decision-making. So does that mean all BAs have to geek out on techie stuff? And how important is it that we build technical skills? Personally, I don't believe it matters whether you are technical or non-technical, or indeed whether you are a business expert in a particular field. What drives your ability to be a great BA are the skills that mean people want to engage with you. Once again, it's back to your emotional intelligence or your abilities to empathise and build rapport. In essence, do you know how to talk to people, ask questions and create and hold a space enabling people to feel comfortable enough to share information with you? So I would say problem solving and communication skills, being organised are probably key things and being able to kind of step back from the picture and really see things, see the context that we think we call it helicopter view, to be able to see things from above. Being adaptable is really important and it is useful to have domain knowledge and it, that doesn't mean the specific exact technology or the specific industry that you're in, but understanding the concepts of business and technology. I think they're really key. This is a really interesting question because I think that the BA role is so broad, as I said before, that it can suit technical, non-technical people. It can suit people that are very analysis-oriented, that are very creative. It can suit people that like detail, that don't like detail. It's so broad. I mean, I came into the role as no technical skills whatsoever. Like, this might age me, but I really struggled to even save something on a floppy disk when I started out in business analysis. At the same time, what I was told when I joined the team was I asked such great questions that they loved that I didn't have all that technical knowledge. But as I grew in my career and I started learning the technical things, I also saw how that helped me. I learned SQL really fast. I learned about technical architectures really fast and how code is structured and the whole software development life cycle. And those things absolutely have helped me in my career as well. So I think it's a balance, but I don't think you need one or the other to get started. I think both and the balance of both help you succeed in the field. You do need to be happy working with people and communicating with people. And you generally need to have a good grasp of detail. 
But apart from that, I don't think there's such a thing as an identikit BA. And it would be a bit sad if there was. The top three things I personally look for and I think are invaluable if you're wanting to start out in their profession. One of those is, is curiosity. So the third C is curiosity. And I think having that curious mindset is really difficult to teach or to learn. I don't think it's not really a learned behavior as such. I think it's something that you either have or you don't have. And, you know, curiosity can be described in lots of different ways. It could be inquisitiveness. It could be nosy. But, but ultimately, I think, you know, curiosity is, is such an invaluable behavior that without it, it's very tough to excel in the world of business analysis. The second C is, you know, having a collaborative nature. And I think, you know, being able to get on with people. We're often, you know, working with lots of different people in, you know, in, in, a, in a time that it can be quite scary for some, you know, we were changing stuff in an organization. So when you're working with stakeholders or users, I think being able to get on with people is really important. Um, and I think also that's true as you, you know, as you're working with more senior people in the organization too, being able to have that rapport and find that common ground and network is key. And my third one is sometimes a controversial one and courage is, you know, really for me, what brings curiosity and collaboration together often. As a business analyst, you have to be the one in the room who asks those daft questions or that aren't really daft questions, but can be perceived as daft questions to bring it back to something clearer and simpler. Creativity, actually, I think is really key. I, I don't actually think there's any one set of you know previous jobs and previous skills. You find BAs have come from all sorts of different backgrounds. I, I remember once speaking to someone who wanted to be a BA. And they were working in a ticket office at a train station at the time. Uh, and you would think, well, what possible similarities are there with working at a ticket office? But they explained to me about how they'd worked on what I would call process improvement opportunities, albeit at a local level. They had that improvement mindset. They talked about how they'd resolve different conflicts with customers. So actually, I think it's very much about that curiosity analytical and analysis mindset and carrying those transferable skills forward. I don't think there's any single, like in inverted commas, best type of person for business analysis. In fact, I think one of the great things about the BA community is how diverse we really all are. And I think that diversity is something that is, is worth a huge amount to our community. I know excellent BAs who have done all sorts of things, including being a town planner, a paramedic and a PhD chemist. We're starting to welcome a new generation of BAs through apprenticeships and other entry-level roles who have only ever been a BA. And I'm interested to see how that influences the profession going forward. I don't know that there is a type of person suitable for becoming a business analysis professional. I think everyone does business analysis, but those that do it professionally embrace a particular mindset. They question and analyze situations to understand and drive change. It's about continually asking why, as well as why not, to enable better business outcomes. I remember working in an organization previously, and the leaders decided everyone who wasn't in a dedicated agile role would be rebranded as engineers, including business analysts. I've also heard people say there is no role for a business analyst in an agile team. So what's your thinking around this? And that's to Jamie. I'll start off by saying is that if I had a quid 
had one British pound for every time I'd heard that BAs don't exist in Agile because they don't appear on the scrum list of roles. I'll probably be sitting somewhere much warmer than just outside Sheffield right now. And I think just to quickly hone in on to the, to that scrum list of roles that particularly those quite new to Agile seem to focus and talk about a lot, is that actually many of the roles that exist in an Agile multidisciplinary team aren't mentioned on that list. User researchers aren't called out, content designers aren't mentioned, service designers, business architects, interaction designers, all those roles which many of us work with day in, day out, don't exist, according to Scrum. And of course, those roles are hugely important in success of any digital delivery, any agile delivery, in the same way that business analysts are. Yes, I think similar themes really to a BA in a non-agile world. I think that the skills are transferable between the different development environments. So things like ensuring and understanding business needs and the requirements, they transfer across both and you've got to bring them into play in in an agile world too. And things like supporting the solution design to make sure that they meet those needs. But we just have to, in an agile world, we just have to have an eye there on incremental delivery and the continuous improvement aspect that you get within Agile. I firmly believe that BAs deliver their value within the framework of an organization, no matter how that organization prefers to work and develop, you know, deliver their software. So BAs and Agile, oh, am I going to open that hornet's nest? Oh, go on then. I always remember a friend of mine, Paddy, I'm sure a friend of yours, Paul Turner, who's you know, always got insightful things to say. I remember him saying once, do you know what? You might not need a business analyst on an agile project, but you do need business analysis. And I'm firmly of the view that's true. I don't care what the person's job title is. You absolutely need business analysis. And if you think about, you know, like Scrum, as an example, there ought to be some kind of product vision, right? So actually, even before you've got to the point of saying we're going to do this in an agile way, someone's got to have like understood the problems and opportunities. That's strategic analysis, right? That is a form of business analysis. It's a form that pre-project or pre-product problem analysis is analysis that isn't always done very well, right? And you and I know this. And so that's a whole area where we can add value. It's like, well, actually, you know, If we actually know where we're going, then maybe we'll get there a little bit quicker. I remember someone saying, you know, requirements are not a documentation problem. They are a communication problem. And it's about creating shared understanding. And sometimes it's about challenging and making sure we go right back to that strategic view and say, okay, yeah, at this micro level, does it connect up? Are we in the right direction? Has something changed? Fundamentally, the BA role is still there to support and add value. Now, some may argue that's a product owner's role in Agile. I think it depends on your setup. BAs can step up into that product owner role. They can almost be part of a product team where they support the product owner and help refine and elaborate user stories to get them ready for sprints. BAs can add value during the sprints to clarify acceptance criteria in a three amigos conversation with the dev and test teams and they can help with that kind of transition of the ready stories into the business by explaining 
what functionality has been drip-fed through to help with business readiness and acceptance. One of the principles of the Agile Manifesto states that the best architectures, requirements and designs emerge from self-organising teams. There is so much emphasis placed on the last part of that principle, the concept of self-organising teams, that a lot of organisations have forgotten that they should be striving for the best architectures, requirements and designs to inform those teams. User stories are not really analysis, and if that's all that BAs are being asked to do on a project, that's a fraction of what they're capable of, and it's unlikely that those teams are achieving the best results. Organizations are now bringing back the business analysis skill set because they understand that business analysis must happen on a project and that the title of the practitioner doesn't really matter. Many business analysis professionals have become product owners, where they take on a leadership role within an agile team. Well, other teams have found the need to add business analysis professionals to their project teams. Success begins with business analysis. Thank you, experts. I'm glad we cleared that one up. And I hope we've closed that question once and for all. And if you have anyone in your organization telling you otherwise, then please send them a polite email informing them they may want to reconsider their thinking and share this episode. Now, if you've enjoyed what you've heard so far about the role and feel you'd like to make the move to becoming a business analyst, then where should you start? So, experts, what two or three steps can someone take to starting a career in business analysis? If you are interested in becoming a BA, I invite you to join the business analysis community. There are a lot of people talking about business analysis, sharing their experience, showing how they are doing business analysis, teaching how to do business analysis using different techniques and concepts. Go for a conference, try to see everything you can find. There's a lot of good podcasts, YouTube channels, and courses online. There's a lot of good content around. You can find the best thing for you. But Try to be close to this community. Try to share their mindset and make that mindset part of you. As director of chapters of member engagement at IBA, I think one of the first steps would be to join IBA and your local chapter. Download your copy of the Babbock Guide and learn the techniques and jargon contained within it. Then I'd suggest that you attend business analysis events and meet other practitioners. Foster the business analysis mindset and seek ways in which you can affect change. Be curious ask questions, and really jump into the profession with both feet. Because if you don't immerse yourself in the profession, you'll miss out on much of what it has to offer. I think my main bit of advice um, would be, if you can, try and find a structured way to learn and grow. Something that allows you to build your knowledge, but then supports you to find opportunities to test out your new knowledge, your new tools and techniques, and applying it in a practical sense. And alongside that, equally as importantly, is it allows you to build your confidence. And for me, you know, skills are confidence and knowledge applied in a real world setting. And so that's your way to elevate something that's theoretical and gain that experience firsthand. In every role, there is the opportunity to apply business analysis skills, whether that's approaching a problem logically, seeking different viewpoints and perspectives, or improving processes. Someone who wants to become a BA needs to look at some of the common criteria on BA job descriptions and see how they can find ways to demonstrate and gain those skills and experience from the job that they're currently doing. I've seen teaching assistants and window cleaners move into a business analyst role by demonstrating a curious and analytical mindset 
And I personally gained so many of my skills relevant to business analysis when I was stacking shelves in Sainsbury's, including customer relationships and looking for business efficiencies. You've got the BCS, the Chartered Institute for IT, which has a, although that's IT based and business analysis is broader, of course, but it has a broad business analysis diploma programs, engage with the meetups and the many good online communities that are out there, such as, you know, you're listening to this, this podcast now, you might want to look at websites like BA Times, I, you know, I'm biased in saying this, but BA Digest as well, the quarterly free magazine is a good thing to look into, connect with others. If you are a new to being a BA, I think it's useful to follow a BA pathway and for organisations to set one up so their BAs know how the role might progress from trainee or junior all the way to senior BA. A pathway provides a framework for BAs to follow, focusing their learning so there is an understanding of what skills should be known at what stage in their career. The key thing is to have a route to follow, but also don't allow it to constrain your training as a BA with so much learning available. Some fantastic advice from our experts there, and I absolutely agree with everything they've shared. There's just something really special about the BA community. There's a real sense of wanting to help each other. We can see this firsthand, even on this episode, where every one of our experts has been so forthcoming in sharing their top tips. Now, the BA role requires us to develop a whole host of new skills and apply a bunch of different analysis techniques. So where do you start when considering business analysis training? Over to you, Sam. Let's hear some of your thinking on this. My mind is completely clear on this question. So I think there's two pathways that you should be looking at. There's the IIBA, ECBA, the Entry Certificate Business Analysis course pathway. I mean, courses are about the BA BOC and trying to understand the kind of conceptual view of what business analysis is and how that hangs together from the IIBA's point of view. That's really good because there's a bunch of techniques, different knowledge areas to consider, lots of different tasks you may or may not do as a BA in different contexts. So that's a great way if you like reading and building a kind of conceptual model in your mind. If you're looking for something a bit more accessible, then I would say take a look at the BCS courses. You know, it provides a process for business analysis, which I think is you know, really easy to digest and a good set of techniques to, in order to get you going. So yeah, look at both of those things. I think it depends on the kind of learner that you are, the kind of mind that you've got, whether you're more logical or more, more kind of flexible. So yeah, take a look at those. I think that's the best way. I'm a big advocate for professional certification for business analysis and in fact all roles in tech and digital. In my experience, professional qualifications improve the confidence and competence of business analysts and they improve the consistency of business analysis across an organisation. So I think it's so valuable. I also have to do a plug here for the Level 4 Apprenticeship Standard in Business Analysis, which is a great route for people to be really well supported to become a BA. And there is no age limit on apprenticeships. Anyone can do one. And there's also funding available in the UK for employers to support this. If you're looking for content in business analysis, I invite you to subscribe to the Brazilian BA YouTube channel. There's a lot of good videos, small videos with concepts related to business analysis there. And also some good interviews with business analysis experts from all around the world. 
I would recommend for someone starting out the LinkedIn Microsoft certification to start. And that's a LinkedIn Learning Microsoft collaboration. You can find it on opportunity.linkedin.com. It's a free learning path to start that journey. I would also recommend BAcube.com. I am the host of BAcube.com, where our motto is we empower the best in modern business analysis of tomorrow and help BAs thrive. So if you're new to business analysis, it's a great place to learn more from others, from experts. It's on-demand courses, it's live events, it's cohort learning, there's templates, everything you would need to really thrive in a thriving community to get support from as well. So I'm a little torn on this one because I don't have any formal BA qualifications. I haven't done my BCS exams. I haven't done my IBA exams. And it's never really helped me back in being able to get work in the BA space. But I guess what I did have was I had some formal training early on in use cases and UML that gave me a good foundation. And I've always just researched and read a lot myself about different BA techniques. But I do absolutely recognize that, you know, that some BAs really benefit from the more structured learning that some of those courses offer. I was working on an interim basis at one of my clients heading up their BA function and we actively encouraged the BAs at that organization to take their BCS diplomas in business analysis. And the people that did those exams, they really got value from them. Likewise, I know a few people who've done their CBAP through the BA and again, that they found that really valuable. So. I think there is value in doing those courses, but I personally have managed fine without them. What I have done is I've invested in training that I think allows me to grow above and beyond the basics of business analysis. So I did do some product ownership training, some user experience design training. I've done a lot of work in, in the last few years on visual thinking as a skill that I think can really amplify and enhance the BA skill set. So I'd recommend also looking at those kind of those kind of softer supporting skills as well as just the core BA kind of discipline and, and the courses that go with that. Thanks, Grant. Now, something that BAs love to talk about is techniques. So I'm keen to hear from our experts what some of their favorite business analysis techniques are. Bronya, what have you got for us? A lot of people hate rich pictures. I suppose with your visual thinking skills though, Paddy, I'm sure you'll probably be aligned more with me because I love them. I understand why people don't like them because they're not formal. They've got virtually no rules to help you produce them. And to a BA professional, they can be seen as a bit juvenile. But I think they're really powerful. As an example, many years ago, I worked on eliciting requirements to improve a payments process, like a process in. I met with the stakeholders, but then I produced a rich picture afterwards to explain all the complex things that happened kind of in their process. Sort of like a fun flow diagram. And guess what? I got confirmation back from them within minutes to confirm that it was correct. Why? 
because they're engaging and because they're easy to interpret. So Rich Pitches absolutely is one of my favourites. But then the other favourite that I've got, weirdly, is data flow diagrams. I think that's because for me, process sits, if we're making a change that's significant enough to affect the operating model, you're going to start looking at process. The data flow diagram it is very much a process model. So you draw out your processes, but you consider the data flow and the data storage within that. And I think that allows us to be able to think a bit more about what the requirements are of the information that's within that system. And broadly speaking, we BAs are involved in information systems projects. So for me, yeah, data flow diagrams helps to kind of logically think about information and process together, as well as people who are obviously you know, making, in a lot of cases, making the information, man managing the information and the technology as well. So I highly recommend learning about visual thinking and how to apply visual thinking to express yourself using rich pictures. And the other one, I was story mapping. If you're working in an agile way, and for me, even if you're not working in an agile way, I just like the way that story mapping allows you to externalize your thoughts, again, in quite a visual way. And you can use online tools as well as physical post-it notes to make sense of the scope of something and choose which high-level activities you want to expand upon and when. So that allows you to then start thinking about planning in a more agile way. I just think it's such a powerful technique and I'd highly recommend people having a look at Jeff Patton's book on user story mapping if they want to find out more about that. Only one or two techniques? That's just not fair. There's so many more. Goodness. I would have to say, okay, I'm going to name three. They're all visual models. I swear I use them nonstop with clients and projects, and it always creates light bulb moments for everybody. Number one, a scope or context diagram. Make it from a user perspective. Number two, a state diagram or state transition diagram. Number three, decision tables. Those are my three favorite visual models to really get at so many details that go unstated, finds so many requirements that folks are just not thinking about and really gets the right conversations going. I'm old school, so I still love a process model. If I'm stuck, I'll sketch one out or search for an existing process. This helps me understand the business area I'm trying to deal with. It may not be very detailed at the start, but it helps to focus my mind and is a good way of introducing myself to the business area. Concept modeling is a technique where you can define a business vocabulary using a diagram that connects nouns through verbs. So you may have two nouns connected by a verb and that defines an expression that you can use in your process development, in your requirements, specifications, in your business rules, specifications, or even just to talk about your business. And besides the diagram, you also have a glossary where you define the meaning or the definition of every noun term. So concept models can help your organization to have a well-structured and clear vocabulary to talk about business. The thing that I absolutely love is workshops. I love doing workshops. So when I'm working as a consultant with customers, I try to have a workshop as early as possible in the process get as many stakeholders as possible together in one room and start working things through together. 
and the level of energy that you can get going in a workshop is such fun. It really is. It's like the air that I breathe when I'm doing a project, that the energy that you get in workshops. There's lots and lots of other techniques. I suppose, you know, some of the more technical detailed techniques, I suppose the one that I've used more than anything else over the years is data modeling. And it sounds like rather an arcane idea, data modeling sounds rather technical, but the great thing about it is you can apply it at many different levels. So yes, you can create a data model to describe a database that needs to be built, but you can also create a data model using the same ideas to explore what are the information needs of people in the organization and what are the things in their business, in their world, if you like, that are important to them. Describe one or two of my favorite techniques. The Babylon Guide has 50 techniques in it. And I remember being at a conference a number of years ago, and they were, the, the speaker was saying that, you know, of the 50 techniques, the typical business analysis professional uses maybe eight or nine of them, and then challenge us to increase that. Grab one more technique you've never used before. So of the 50 techniques, I do have a couple of favorites. Brainstorming is one of them. I love getting into a group of individuals and we would talk about, oh, here's the problem. How can we solve it? And just throw out ideas. There are some amazing stories. I remember hearing one story in well, the Northeast parts of the United States where they were having problems with ice accumulating on transmission wires. And what they did is they had a brainstorming session for like, how do we get the ice off? And at one point someone said, well, hold on a second. What if we got bears to climb the poles and you know, the action of them climbing the poles, they would knock the ice off the lines. Well, believe it or not, that brainstorming actually worked because the way it worked is, well, okay, but how do you get the honey on top of the pole so the bear wants to climb it? Well, use a helicopter to, to put these pots of honey on the poles. Well, they soon found out that the rotors of the helicopter would actually um, shake the ice off the lines. So it's one of my favorite stories. And obviously one of my favorite techniques as well. So I have been known to create a force field analysis or a decision tree to help me with the decision I'm trying to make. A force field analysis allows you to think about and visualize the opposing forces acting on a decision or a change. And you can quantify the different forces and think about how different aspects can be addressed or overcome. Capability mapping. So, you know, dare I say venturing more into the world of business architecture in some ways, but understanding how an organization is made up, the, you know, the capabilities, the components of what an organization does. And um, it's something I just found really, you know, essential to do when I'm working with any new organization, whether that be for the first time or one I'm coming back to, and I, I'm less familiar with it. So I think that's such an important uh, technique to be able to master. And I think it's one which can be helpful, particularly as you grow in, in the career of business analysis and start working maybe more in a strategic sphere. It's hugely helpful. Okay. So uh, this is one I always answer whenever I see these polls, what's your favorite BA technique? My answer is always coffee and everyone goes, uh -huh. because you know, maybe they think it's because of the caffeine or whatever. No coffee is a great way to get to know your stakeholders, get to know their needs, get to know what their stakeholder requirements are, not just what the business requirements are to help get to know them as an individual, which then helps to build trust. 
and buy-in from your stakeholders. So coffee is a great technique. If you want something, you know, more formal, I'm a big fan of those enterprise techniques. So SWOT is a great uh, technique for understanding the strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and threats of any given option or solution. I'm a big fan of Pestle, which is very broad in the enterprise or strategy analysis space. So Pestle is a great tool for understanding, you know, the lay of the land from political and economic and legal and technological. And I'm going to run through the whole acronym, but you know, it's a great way to understand what's going on in the market and what's going on out in the world. So those are my favorite too, but number one is always coffee. Okay. So you've heard it here. If you want to be an awesome BA, then you have to fall in love with coffee. Let's now look at the future. With all of the advances in AI, it's probably left many of us a little uncertain about the future of work and what all of this means specifically for the BA role. Linda, can you tell us more? I think the need and importance of the BA role is stronger than ever. Currently, there is a mix of organisations working in different ways, some more traditional approaches like waterfall and some more agile techniques. These organisations really need BAs and as a contractor, I see firsthand the drive for more business analysis. However, this ever-increasing demand is outstripping availability and so the market is in danger of being flooded with underskilled BAs. If you are a BA, be a skilled BA. Embrace learning and not just traditional business analysis ideas and techniques. Work with and learn from your closest allies, like UXers, product owners, content writers, anyone that is really close or on the fringes of what we do. Similarly, develop your people and communication skills. You will then be worth your weight in gold. Additionally, keep in mind future technologies and ensure you remain current. Do not shy away from topics like cybersecurity, analytics, or AI, to name just a few. Just because they seem more technical or edgy, these areas will still need requirements. There will still be users who the organization needs to understand. I see the role of the business analyst is growing far more away from the original IT perspective or software projects where it was first born. I see business analysis being used for very different kind of professionals. Recently, BA just closed a, a partnership with Human Resource Association, explaining how human resources analysts can use business analysis, or in other words, how can they also be business analysts trying to understand the needs of an organization in the aspect of a human resources and defining solution for those needs. A solution in a human resource perspective could be training or hiring a new employee or defining a career path. You can have different kinds of solution, but what we are doing when we are analyzing these kind of needs is business analysis. So business analysis as a rule is becoming more and more useful for different kinds of professionals. That's why 
I argue that we should look for business analysis more as a mindset than a role. I always credit Jared Garay from IBA. He's got this great line around, you know, we're not business analysts, we're business analysis professionals. And everybody, whether you're in business, you are a business analyst or you're a business analysis professional. So I don't think that part of it is going away. What I think is really interesting for BAs as we, you know, navigate towards the future is, you know, how are we going to adjust to things like chat GPT? And if you haven't played with that yet, it's a fantastic, you know, AI tool. How are we going to benefit from it? Let's not be afraid of it, but how are we going to benefit from it? Can we use it or can we leverage AI and bots to do a lot of the mundane work? Now, that being said, now that I'm saying this, what does mundane mean? So I think of someone like, you know, Jamie Champagne, who seems to, and I don't know how, love writing, validating, and building traceability into her requirements. Loves it. I don't. Maybe that's why she and I get along so well, because we're like opposite ends of the BA spectrum. But, you know, what is mundane? What is the work that you don't want to do and that somebody else wants to do. So I think, you know, we're going to have to find a way to integrate AI and technology is going to continue to evolve. I think that there's a, an awful lot of BAs that have been moving, I guess, into more sort of strategic roles. So I think that's probably a step towards kind of a more business focus, more broader context, more strategy-oriented type business analysis role. I don't necessarily want to say business architecture because that implies that you're inputting a framework in to, to manage the value streams of the organization. But I think that having wider touch points as a BA and having probably more scope of change, I think is a good thing because it enables the organization to think more holistically. I think there'll always be a need for BA skills for you know, helping organizations in that way. You know, as long as organizations exist, then there's going to be the need for that skill set. I think with the advent of AI and more in data analysis, I think we'll, we'll find BA roles getting involved in those sorts of things. You know, AI data analysis, process automation, UX design, and then there'll be certain technologies within specific domains, say, that a BA might specialize in. And I think we'll probably see that, you know, over the next 10 plus years is just a further breakdown of the BA role into further roles. And we'll just get more specialists. There'll still probably be generalist BAs, but I think we'll find a lot more roles that are requesting kind of specialist knowledge and skills. In short, I'm really excited. I think there's never been more of a need for a BA mindset and the wider business analysis toolkit that we can bring to our organizations, to, for our customers, for our users. And I think that's for many reasons that the, the world has never been more complicated, whether that be in the world of tech and data, whether that be the implications of tech and data in, in, in terms of ethics, and also whether that be around changing expectations and increased expectations from our users and from our, from our customers. So I think business analysis brings a huge amount to the table in trying to break down that complexity and trying to have clarity and conciseness of where 
we need to get to, you know, whether that be at an organizational level or delivery team level. But I think there's also a couple of things we need to focus on within the profession to ensure we're best placed and seen as a go-to point of contact to help with some of that stuff. Um, one of those is, is probably the, the easier thing to do and in some ways more obvious in that we need to keep up to date. We need to evolve as a profession in terms of being aware of, you know, tech and the wider tech landscape that sits around everything we do, whether we're in that particular space at the moment as individuals or not. Um, and obviously what that means then, like I say, from an ethics perspective, other perspectives too. And we also need to be aware of what other professions exist. Obviously, for those who've been business analysis for more than 10 years, the professions you work with on a day-to-day level will have likely changed. There's probably likely more digital tech professions that exist today than never has been. So we need to be clear on how we work with those other professions. How do we get most from them with what we're doing? But likewise, how can they get most from what we do and how we work? And additionally, I think the other big thing is we need to be, and this is probably the hardest thing, but we need to get our BA brand to be clearer. We need to make sure it's more engaging. And I think there's a lot we need to do in that space because other professions, be really honest, seem to do a much better job of it. You need to look at you know, the UX professions and product professions. They have a much clearer and a much more engaging brand for what they do. And that's not to be said, there aren't brilliant things that, that, that individuals are doing already. I think Paddy, the, the podcast you do here in terms of the superpower score is, is a brilliant um, start towards that. But there's more that we need to do um, across community level, across profession level. I think the future of the BA role is going to be leaning more and more towards collaboration. How BAs facilitate information exchanges among others, how they facilitate decision-making, how they facilitate problem-solving, structured conversations, collaboration, and just really guiding a group through the process of making sure that everything is taken care of. You know, old-school way of doing this is creating a bunch of really thick, big documents, but more and more the trend and the future that I see is that we're going to be writing and documenting far less and facilitating meaningful conversations to get the decision-making process on track, to get the problem-solving process on track, and to do that at the speed of light. I, I really see business analysis as being an area where there's real opportunities. And you know, I see BAs getting involved much earlier in the business change life cycle, in the product development life cycle. And I think that area to the left of the sort of conventional area where, you know, requirements analysis starts, that's an area where we can really move the needle because those early interventions where a quick question like, you know, why are we doing this? Are we still on the same page here? They can save hundreds and hundreds of days of scope creep further downstream. I mean, maybe I'm being dramatic here, but you know how much I believe in this kind of stuff. And so I think there are huge opportunities. Teams are definitely pushing into that direction. And I think it, it really is about being that, uh, the, a phrase we've probably heard from time to time, that trusted advisor to the business and really helping to adapt organizations. If organizations want agility, then they need people who can be there to help work with those relevant stakeholders, to help see the opportunities, to help work out how the internal plumbing works so change can be made in a really expedient fashion. 
So I think when you look outwardly, when you've got organizations wanting to adapt, when you've got a, possibly a, you know, a tough physical and financial environment changes happening, then we are exactly the types of folks that people will need. Things do change. Nothing stays the same forever. And there are lots of job titles around now that didn't exist 30 years ago. And job titles that exist now won't exist in 30 years time. So we can see already that there are people doing business analysis on projects who don't necessarily have the job title business analyst. They might be, I called a product owner or all sorts of other things. I think in the long run that will happen to business analysis. There won't be people called business analysts one day that we called something else. And I think, you know, there's a constant process of professions, changing their boundaries, splitting, merging with each other and so on. One thing that I'm particularly interested in is user research and user research has a massive overlap with business analysis and also business architecture is another closely related discipline to business analysis. And I think maybe in the future, there will be enterprise designers and enterprise designers will be people who combine skills in all those different disciplines. I think if you look at where business analysis goes in the future, the obvious thing is the technology, isn't it? It's the introduction of cyber, of robotics, of artificial intelligence, and how those things fundamentally change the world around us and the art of what's possible. You know, that will impact what BAs do. So I think BAs have to keep in touch with that. I know the BA doesn't have to be a technical role, but I do think it has to be a technically aware role. I don't know many projects that where you're using business analysis and technology and those emerging technologies don't have some bearing on that work. So I think those are the obvious things. I think the other things that, that um, they're not new trends, but the application of business analysis as a skill set outside of the BA role is something I see the community talking about. And I agree whether that's expanding into business architecture, service design, strategy analysis, all of those sort of roles can benefit from good business analysis skills. And as a profession, I think that's where BAs can kind of, kind of grow and see their longer term career path. So I definitely think there's a need to keep that conversation going. But probably the biggest thing for me that, that has to improve is the ability for BAs to engage and communicate with their stakeholders. There's so many BAs I've worked with over the years who are comfortable sitting at their desk, doing some modeling, writing a spec, but they're really uncomfortable at getting people in a room, having an engaging conversation, surfacing ideas, leveraging the wisdom of the people in the, and the diversity in the room. And I think that's a missed opportunity. And I think a lot of that is just about confidence, about creative confidence or a lack of it in the BA community. So it's something that I'm passionate about. And I really think that we need to take seriously as things do evolve and as technology continues to evolve, our ability to leverage those human skills and to be able to create a human connection are more important than ever. I am excited to see where business analysis goes next. I think it has much more of a role to play in setting strategy and strategic decision making. 
I hope we're going to see more BAs working at an organisational level rather than project or product level. And I think that organisations can access this expertise when they have a well-structured BA practice, which has identified and articulated what services it offers to the organisation. So that's what's going to help our colleagues and senior leaders really see what BAs have to offer. This is one of my favourite questions. The future of the BA role, the sky's the limit. It's interesting. You look at the U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics says there's going to be another 800,000 new business analysis jobs in the next five years. And that's in the U.S. alone. The world around us needs more business analysis practitioners. And I think, you know, the future is very bright for business analysis. Look at LinkedIn, it's his, you know, of the top 10 skills that, that people are looking for. Business analysis, I think it sits at number six. And you look at some of the other ones. Yeah, that's business analysis as well. You look at you know, cloud computing and analytics and data management and whatnot. That's part of business analysis as well. So future of the BA role is incredibly fast and, and the world's our oyster. The future looks very bright. Thanks, Jared. I just love your optimism and it gives us great hope for the future. Now, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, then you'll know I always ask my guests to share their favorite resources to help you continue on your learning journey. So I put this same question to the experts. Fabrizio, tell us, what are some of your favorite resources? I have been participating in some different conferences around the world, and they are amazing places to learn business analysis, to connect with other business analysts, and to share knowledge. So. Building Business Capability in U.S. is probably a great conference, the biggest I know, held by IBA. is the official conference of the International Institute of Business Analysis that happens once a year. PMBA conference in North America, Canada, and the United States is also a great conference that talks about business analysis. We have BA and beyond in Belgium and the Netherlands, which is a great conference we have in South Africa, the IBA chapter in South Africa, making a, the BA Summit a very good conference in business analysis. I know they have a very good conference in business analysis in Australia. We have here in Brazil, the BA Brazil conference. So all chapters around the globe are doing great business analysis conference. I do have my own YouTube channel the Brazilian BA on YouTube, and there's a lot of content there that I bet would be useful for you too. IIBAUK.org. I'm going to say that, aren't I? Now, there's loads of stuff on there. Uh, so there's loads of past events. So if you've not been a member or a pass holder before and you want to view some of the past events, then either sign up to the IIBA as a global organization or head along to IIBAUK.org and purchase a, an event pass. You can book on for new events, upcoming events, but you can also view the event archives as well. And we've had a lot of them over the past couple of years, given we've had COVID and a lot of the events have been virtual. So that's an absolutely fantastic resource to look at. It's very relevant to BAs and BAs in the UK as well. So if you're based in the UK, you know, for me, then great. If you're, you're a bit more worldwide, then perhaps your local chapter has got more relevant content as well. But no, IIBA chapters are a fantastic resource to you. Well, as I run the BA Life Conference, of course, I'm going to start there. 
seriously, as you said yourself, Paddy, conferences are a great starting point for learning. I also love a good book because I can make notes in it. One of my go-to books is the fourth edition of a book called Business Analysis. There are also many great podcasts like yours and one called BA Brew, both of which I listen to quite often. Similarly, there are online meetups and training sessions. And again, I would be very remiss if I didn't suggest any BA would do well to attend BA Life, the BA Festival in a Day. And you don't need to go anywhere for this because it's all online. For more details, check out www.balife.co.uk. Resources for BAs, I would say, gosh, I would say connect with me on LinkedIn. I am posting resources all the time, posting content as well. So I'm Angela Wick. It's Angela Wick CBAP, I think it is, on LinkedIn. You'll find me. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's just a great community on LinkedIn of folks that are posting all sorts of resources, getting great conversations going, posting videos, etc. There's the BCS book, Business Analysis, and Business Analysis Techniques, which is more of a kind of toolkit type approach. And if you want a little bit of info in the, the BA career, then doing a little plug for myself, I wrote a book called Business Analyst by BCS, which is nowhere near as good as the other books. But hey, you know, you might want to humor me and buy a copy. <laughs> and also check out all of the good blogs and online content as well. That's definitely worth doing. So I'm personally more of a book person than a podcast person. I've got literally hundreds of books about business analysis and related related areas. There are actually a lot of good books by BCS. So it's worth knowing that if you're a member of BCS, there's something called the BCS Library, which is an online resource that allows you access to all BCS's books. So you can read about, you know, agile, user experience, you know, product management, business architecture, all sorts of related areas as part of that. So that's something worth considering. Another great book is Business Analysis and Leadership, edited by Penny Pullen and James Archer. I would say that because I wrote one of the chapters in it, the IIBA's Business Analysis Body of Knowledge Guide. It's quite dry, but it is a very good collection of, and quite well-structured collection of ideas about how to do business analysis. And also, finally, one other book I would mention is that there's a new edition coming out at some point of Mastering the Requirements Process by Suzanne and James Robertson which is, I think the current edition is the third edition, but I believe there's a fourth edition coming out quite soon. So that's worth looking out for. I personally like Analyst Corner on medium.com. I also do some writing, blogging for, for that too. And I also really like the BA Digest publication that Adrian Reed pulls together. All, all are fantastic, you know, fantastic places to find out new information, find out different perspectives and, and angles on things from experienced practitioners around the globe in, in, in both of those. In terms of books, one that sticks and I remember is a book called Discover to Deliver Agile Product Planning Analysis by Ellen Gutterstina and Mary Gorman. And that's just a really good book on how to apply business analysis techniques in an agile context. And one that I just find myself going back to again and again. So I think 
lots of stuff for BAs. I would also recommend looking into the world of visual thinking. That's something that I'm passionate about. And there's lots of good authors there. And if you want to find out more about visual thinking, come along to the visualjam.com and we can carry on the conversation there. If you're looking for podcasts, Dave Sabo has a great one called Mastering Business Analysis. I will throw in a you know couple of my own. I also have a podcast called Business Not As Usual. Uh, if you're not sure which one it is, because there's a few that have the same name, look for the pineapple, the pineapple with sunglasses, business, not as usual. I do that with like my, my buddy and, and former colleague, Mike Martino, good dude. So in terms of books, there's a lot. I know Jamie Champagne has written one on mastering business analysis. Jamie and I also have a, a community that we're trying to build called the modern business analyst. You can get more information about that at, at my website, vincentnirabelli.com. There's no lack of education and knowledge out there. And, and I'll throw one another, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to plug myself. You know, I've got, I've just actually just yesterday come back from recording my fifth course on the LinkedIn learning platform. A few are related to, you know, my Lean Six Sigma world in, you know, change management in, in Lean Six Sigma and building a culture of continuous improvement. Although I would argue that one probably is applicable to everybody and not just the Six Sigma folks. But my first course ever was called Business Analysis Foundations Enterprise. It was all about enterprise analysis. And then I did a follow-up in my third course called Essential Techniques in enterprise analysis, where we talk about, you know, SWAT and PESTLE and the three horizons technique and orders five forces, the field, the industry, the people that are in it are so open to sharing their perspectives and their knowledge. And I think that's amazing. I would direct people towards the BA Times, a free online magazine and BA Digest, also free and is released quarterly. There are loads of resources on the BA Hub created by Blackmetric. Representing IIBAs, I do. The resources that I'm going to recommend are definitely IIBAs focused. We do have an IIBA podcast. We do a minimum of two webinars every month for our members. You know, we do periodic public webinars as well. Of course, the big conference in North America, Building Business Capability. We have 115 chapters currently around the world that have personal development days. So they'll those are awesome opportunities to learn. There's so many resources out there. From a, a book perspective, can't go anywhere without talking with the Babloff Guide from IIBA, as well as if you're a member of IIBA, you have access to our online library with over 11,000 titles of amazing books on leadership, analysis, data, agile, uh, pretty much anything you can think of. It's all there. So those are the resources that I will recommend. And hopefully you can find some nuggets in those. Wow. There's bags of learning just right there. And we're almost at the end of this epic episode. I personally want to thank each and every one of my awesome guests on today's podcast. I'll be sharing everyone's LinkedIn details in the show notes. So I do encourage everyone to follow up with them directly on any points that you've heard in this episode. Thank you very much for having me on the Superpower School podcast. I'm so chuffed to be invited to do this. So thank you very much. If, you have, if anybody's got any need to get into contact with me, you can find me on LinkedIn. It'd be awesome to connect. And yeah, thank you again. 
Thank you very much for having me here, Patty. It was a pleasure and an honor. Thank you, everybody, for hearing it. And if you want more information, please check my website, thebrazilianba.com. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, The Brazilian BA on YouTube. And let's get connected. Find me on LinkedIn. My name is Fabricio Laguna. It will be a pleasure to connect with you, to have you in my network, to share information with you. Don't be shy. Thanks so much for giving me this opportunity to talk about business analysis, which is pretty much my favorite topic. You can keep in touch with me, Christina Lovelock, via LinkedIn, and you can hear more from me in the BA Times, IT Now magazine, and BA Digest, or in the book that I wrote with Deborah Paul, which is called Delivering Business Analysis. Bye for now, and thanks again, Paddy, and for everyone for listening. Thanks very much for having me, Paddy. If anyone would like to keep in touch, I'm easy enough to find on LinkedIn or Twitter. It'd be great to hear from you. You might be interested in taking a look at the articles I've been writing in BA Digest, and I've been writing a series of articles in there about group construct analysis, which is a way of understanding organizations and people in organizations and the way that they think and talk and influence each other. So yeah, be great to hear from anyone that wants to keep in touch. Thanks very much, Patty. So folks, thank you so much. And Patty, thank you so much for having me on the show. You're a gentleman and a scholar, and one of the finest dudes I know, even if you are from Birmingham. Oh, just kidding, man. Don't send the Peaky Blinders after me. But anyways, I want to thank you for inviting me to participate and share my thoughts, share my perspectives on things. You know, I would invite all of your listeners to provide feedback. I want to hear, you know, what do they agree with? What do they disagree with? Any of the things that I've said. And, you know, if anyone wants to hit me up, they can get me at my website, vincentmirabelli.com. Oh, I guess let me also promote while I'm here. Analysts After Work. And I know, Patty, you were a memorable guest on Analysts After Work where, you know, I refused to draw it. I kind of regret because it should have played along, but anyways, so analysts after work, vincentmirabelli.com and uh, you know, you and your podcast, you're awesome, dude. Paddy, thanks again for inviting me on to the superpowers school podcast. I've long been a fan of the series. So I was really humbled when you invited me onto it. If anyone's enjoyed listening to what I've had to say, would like to follow up the conversation, please get in contact with me either via LinkedIn all via the Herd Consulting website. It's a shameless plug time. It's www.herd.consulting. And you can drop us an email or get in contact with the socials there. But thank you again. And if there's anything we can help your organization with in terms of business analysis, we are a rock star business analysis consultancy. So we like to see things a little differently. And if that's something of interest, get in touch. I would love to have a conversation. Thanks again. Fantastic. Paddy, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I think it's such a great set of topics to be discussing. It's such a tricky set of questions you set for me, but that's always part of the fun. I would love to stay in touch with anyone that has even been vaguely interested in what I've had to say. Um, so just connect with me on LinkedIn. My name's Adrian Reed. That's R-E-E-D. And if you just let me know you heard about it on this podcast, then I'll know, you know it's always useful to know where, you, where someone has heard about me. Also, I've mentioned a few times the BA Digest magazine. If you'd like to get access to that, if you go to blackmetric.com and click on resources and BA Digest, you'll find it there. And that's blackmetric.com and then click on 
resources and BA Digest, you'll find it there. And if you have any trouble finding it, just you know, ping me up on LinkedIn. Also, if you want free BA stuff throughout, just follow Black Metric Business Solutions on LinkedIn because we share all sorts of content and memes to brighten up your day. But do get in touch. Always great to hear from other BAs. Patty, thanks so much for having me on your show. I am looking forward to hearing the feedback from your listeners. And if folks want to follow up with me, they can find me on LinkedIn or ba-cube.com. And I look forward to seeing everyone on LinkedIn or BA Cube. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Paddy. It was great to chat on here. I think it's always good to get involved in any discussions that are BA related. I always enjoy that. Yeah, if any feedback or if there's any questions or people want to get in touch, then feel free to find me on LinkedIn. That's the easiest way. I think I'm the only Bronya Anderson Kelly. That's B-R-O-N-I-A. So yeah, look me up on there and connect up on there. I look forward to hearing from anyone. Wow. What an incredible experience. I love the fact that I had the opportunity to talk about business analysis, which is a topic that's near and dear to my heart, obviously. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you, Patty, for the opportunity. This has been exceptional. I dare say even fantastic. I know my team gives me a hard time because I love using the word fantastic, but it has been fantastic. There are so many ways to connect with me, and I hope that you do. Connect me via LinkedIn at Jared Gorai. Also, you can look at me up on IB.org. I'm, as I said, the director of chapters and member engagement. And it's been my absolute pleasure. So thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. If you want to know more about me being a BA or the BA Live Conference, you can find me on LinkedIn. My username is Linda Parker BA. Feel free to get in touch. Similarly, to discover more about BA Life, the BA Festival in a Day, check out our website at www.balife.co.uk or again on LinkedIn. I look forward to catching up with you and listening to your feedback. Thanks again. Thanks, Paddy, for having me on the show. If anybody does want to keep in touch, I'm more than happy to connect on LinkedIn. I'm quite active on LinkedIn and uh, more than happy to to receive connections and, and talk about any of the things that we've spoken about on the show today. If people want to follow more about what I do in the world of visual thinking, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is GW underscore right. And you can also go along to thevisualjam.com, which is an international visual thinking community that I founded with Paddy. And we run a free monthly meetup where we get along guests to talk about all things related to visual thinking. And we have lots of fun while we do it. So I would love to see some people come along to that and, you know, learn how you can leverage the power of visual thinking to really amplify your BA skills as well. And as they say in show business, that's all folks. I hope you found the insights in this episode useful. If you have any feedback for me, then do let me know. You can connect with me via LinkedIn and drop me a message. And I want to thank Ian Borthwick, the head of publishing at the BCS, who did exactly that and said, buddy, why don't you include an outro in your episodes? So just for you, Ian, I'm going to try and endeavor to include outros in future episodes. And I just want to thank everybody for taking the time and listening to this episode. 